Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 144. Hey, what's up? This is Mikel Dia from Funnelytics.io. And if you want to build the best network that you can, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be. Brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. I'd love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Mikel Dia. Mikel is a digital marketing expert and founder of Funnelytics, a software company helping entrepreneurs and marketers convert traffic into more profit. Passionate about helping entrepreneurs scale their business in a faster and more efficient way, Mikel developed a simple visual tool for entrepreneurs and marketers to understand the numbers in their marketing at a glance in order to easily fix the holes and optimize what's working. Using this method, Mikel scaled one of his businesses from 2500 a month 
to $5,000 a day in revenue and has helped countless clients grow at a similar rate as well. Mikel has grown his marketing agency, White Coat Digital, to over a million dollars in revenue in just 18 months. Originally from Montreal, he lives with his wife and 18-month old daughter in Toronto, Canada. Mikel, welcome to the show, brother. Super stoked to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you are most excited about right now? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. What I'm most excited about right now is actually what we're doing with Funnelytics, the impact that we're having and the people, how excited they are about the tool that we're building and, and how many people come to me and say, like, this is something that's been missing for them in their marketing and, and whatnot. So that's probably the thing I'm super stoked about and most excited about with everything that I'm, I've worked on. That's awesome, man. So let's take it back then. Kind of walk us through like how you grew up. Was any of the stuff that you do now, was this kind of in your DNA? Were you an entrepreneur for your entire life? Was it something that you learned? Walk us through that whole process. Yeah. The short answer is absolutely not. I grew up like you kind of mentioned. I was born in Montreal, Canada. I live in Toronto now. I moved a lot when I was a kid back and forth between Montreal and Toronto because of my dad's job. My dad worked in the banking industry and he just kind of you know, through promotions and just moving up the corporate ladder and whatnot. And I never was exposed or even really knew anything about entrepreneurship or what it was or much about business other than, you know, my dad wore a suit and tie. I grew up literally playing soccer all the time and just playing outdoors. And like most kids after high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, as most people who are 16 years old have no clue what they want to do with their life. Yet you're sitting there and you're, you're, asked, figure it out and go and choose a major and choose what you, you want to do. Right. So yeah, it's um, crazy. I know it's a little, <laughs> so we could go off on a major tangent over here and talk. Oh about yeah, that. for but sure. Basically, you know, I kind of followed in my dad's footsteps. My dad did engineering before he went into the business world. And I really had no clue about much about engineering. I was pretty decent at math or at least it wasn't too hard for me. So I, was like, all right, well, let's do that. You know, my dad basically, my parents said to me, well, whatever you do, if you have an engineering background, you'll be able to achieve and do things. So I was like, all right, well, you know, engineers get paid pretty decently. So let's go down that path. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of how I grew up, kind of the way things happened. After university, though, I knew that I didn't want to be an engineer. I really hated it. I hated my, <laughs> my job. I hated what I was doing. Halfway through university, I kind of already knew that I, this is not what I wanted to do, but I wasn't in a space or knew how I was going to like, I didn't know what the next thing was. So I was like, right, let's just keep going with this. And really the way I actually got into online business and business in general was a couple of roommates and myself, we were one day, we just decided to start a t-shirt company, which really wasn't a company. It was just t-shirts. Yeah. Company because it made me feel better. Right, but we, we just printed a bunch of t-shirts with these designs. We did it out of a hobby and our friends and family bought them very, very quickly, supported us. You know, we were fresh out of university. We had a big network of friends. So we sold them very fast. And then we went and ordered a whole bunch more because, you know, oh, well, that first round went really easy. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the next five are going to be just as simple. So let's order five at once. And that was really stupid. We ended up... <laughs> of t-shirts in our condo and our friends and family bought t-shirts already. So they didn't right. want any more. Right. And we had no clue really how to sell to strangers. And that 
prompted me to Google how to sell online, which this is back in 2000 and probably around 2009. Okay. And you can imagine the rabbit hole that I went through by Googling how to sell online. And I was, all, yeah, I was going to say, you're probably still down that rabbit hole. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and like all the stuff, all the crap, all the things that you see and you find about that. And, but like, it drew me in, you know, it drew me in because Ultimately, I was very much drawn and, and started buying all of these different shiny objects, mostly because of the fact that I had this job that I was really miserable in. And then over on this other side, there's all of these sales letters and all these videos that talk about the laptop lifestyle and the four-hour right. work week. And mm-hmm. so I was like, ooh, I want that. I don't want what I currently have. So I kind of started diving into that a lot and it became a journey. Got it. Got it. I mean, there's, it's so funny that you mentioned the the college thing as far as like right out of high school, declaring a major, deciding what you want to do with the rest of your life to think. Cause my wife and I were just talking about that the other day and how backwards that whole system is. I feel like most 30 year olds don't really know what they want to do with the rest of their life. And here you are at 17 years old being told that you got to figure it out. Like you got like a few more months before you got to declare a major and like that major is going to be what you do with the rest of your life. But then what ends up happening is exactly what happened with you, right? You declare a major and then you go like go through the schooling, you pay for the schooling. A lot of people put themselves into debt. I don't know if, if that was your situation or not, but even if it wasn't, you're still having to pay for something that you end up not doing, <laughs> you know, like because you had no idea what you wanted to do because you've never done anything except for school when you're 16, 17 yeah, years old. That's yeah, for it's, sure. it's an insane process. It's insane to me how normalized it is. Like it doesn't even make any logical sense. Like, how can we sit here and pretend like that makes sense? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You've never tried anything. You've never done anything. All you've done is go to school and like do extracurricular activities your whole life. And now you're going to try to just be like, I'm going to pick one thing out of yep. thousands of vocational possibilities. And that's what I'm going to do for the next 45 years until I retire. It's just... Incredible. yeah. But anyway... So you very quickly find out that that's not what you're going to do. And then a mistake of buying a ton of shirts that you couldn't sell led to a Google search, which led to you learning online marketing, which led to you starting a marketing agency. What has been the biggest lesson that you've learned through all of this so far? Oh, man. (laughs) Actually, the biggest lesson that I learned has nothing to do with business, has nothing to do with learning how to sell or anything like that. The biggest lesson that I learned comes back to what we were just talking about with figuring out your path and figuring out what is the one thing that you want to be doing and and whatnot. And I actually have a, a very short story I can share with about that. But basically... What ended up happening for me was I had the opportunity to sit down with a my roommate at the time. He was working for an advertising agency, and he was working directly with the founder and the owner of that agency. And this was right around the time where okay, we had these T-shirts. You know, I started dabbling into online marketing. I built a few different websites that ultimately didn't really end up working, and. I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. What is that one thing? You know, what is, is that's what society tells you, right? Society tells you, you got to figure out your one thing, your passion, your thing you're, you're most passionate about and run with it. And I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, I don't, I'm not passionate about anything. Like I, I love watching the NBA. Can I, I like, you know, that's something I enjoy. Like, can I do something there? Yeah. I like Uh, chilling on the beach in the Bahamas. That's yeah, exactly. Like I enjoy that. Like, I can't. So I sat down with, with the owner of this advertising agency. And I asked him like, how did you figure out 
that advertising was your passion? Like, how'd you figure out that advertising was the thing that you wanted to do? Because they were doing relatively well. They were doing probably about 10 million a year or so in, in revenue working with some pretty big clients. So he looked at me, he's like, actually, Mikkel, don't get it twisted. Don't get it wrong. Advertising is not my passion. I'm actually very much driven and fulfilled by four very specific things. The first is I love going into a room with very right-brained, creative people who are smarter than me. I love brainstorming with those kinds of people. It fulfills me. It motivates me. It gets me excited. Number two is I love working on diverse projects all of the time. I love working on new things and just having diversity in my days. Number three is I love having a vision for something and seeing that vision through. So when a project comes, I love coming up with the vision and then coming up with figuring out how do we actually execute it? How do we make that happen, right? And turn that vision into reality. And number three is I love to lead. I love to take a team and be the mentor, be the leader, be the person who coaches them and helps them make that vision become a reality. It just so happens that advertising fulfills these four core boxes for me. So you need to stop actually thinking about that one thing and ask yourself, what are the four core things that fulfill you, that motivate you, that get you excited? And then start looking at your opportunities, start looking at the things that are in front of you, your projects, whatnot, and ask yourself, do they fulfill these four core boxes? And I took that quite literally, actually, when he mentioned this to me, I walked home. I remember from that meeting, I was walking and I was like looking up and I was thinking the whole way. And I was like, what are my four core things? What fulfills me? What gets me pumped up? And pretty instinctively, I started naming them. I started writing them down. And for me, it was at the time, learn. If I can learn something new every day, it gets me excited. It gets me pumped up. And that's why diving into the whole learning about building online businesses, learning about how to sell online and stuff. That got me excited. Number two is build. If I can build something, I love not just... And maybe that's why I ended up going into engineering to begin with. And as a kid, I loved building Lego. I loved kind of having a blank canvas and then kind of building things and seeing... Creating something where nothing was. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Number three for me was advising, having conversations like this, you know, having not just about business, but about life, about philosophy, about relationships, just having conversations, deep, meaningful conversations with someone where they can get some sort of aha moment for me because I I like to think that I think slightly differently and and it it motivates me. It gets me excited. And, and number four was freedom. You know, being able to do what I want, where I want, when I want, not have somebody tell me that I have to show up or I have to do this or I have to do that because I'm pretty self-motivated, but I like to do things on my own and in my own time and whenever I choose to do so. So as I started going through life, this is back in, I had this conversation very, very beginning of 2011. And since then, everything that I do and everything that I've done has always been revolved around my four core boxes. So for example, I started a Mandarin language school. I moved before I even did that. I moved to the UK. I moved to London, England, and I actually went, ended up going back to school. But at the end of the school, I started a Mandarin language school. And, you know, most people would sit back and be like, what? 
what do you mean? You don't speak Chinese. You've never even been to China. Why would you start a Mandarin school? Like that surely cannot be your passion. And it's true. It has nothing to do with anything I'm passionate about, but it fulfilled three of my four core boxes. I definitely learned a lot. I was building something and I was applying all of the stuff that I was learning about digital marketing. And I was actually building out the campaigns, building out the stuff and, and playing with it. I wasn't advising very much because again, I don't speak Chinese. I've never been to China. I'm not one to advise people on how to learn Mandarin, but I definitely had a lot more freedom than working in nine to five. It was my project. It was something I was working on with a partner of mine. And because of that, I said, screw it, let's do it. Let's just run with it. Let's just see where it goes. Within eight months of building that school, we were able to successfully exit for multiple six figures, which, you know, money aside, it was massive to enlighten me as to how do I continue to develop my skills as a marketer? How do I continue to get better and whatnot? But really the core pivotal thing for me was that shift in mindset around not chasing my one thing, not chasing the passion, but understanding what are my four core values, my four core boxes. I call them my four core boxes of fulfillment. I don't know if there's no real word. I don't know anybody else who does this, but that's what I call them. And, and now I ask myself every day, you know, how do I fulfill my four boxes? And they have changed. They have evolved over time. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah, that, that was probably one of the biggest shifts in my mindset. Yeah. And I love so much of that because especially as millennials, I feel like we're in a, a generation that is always like, I'm just not passionate about it. Or like, I need to go after my passion. And if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life type stuff. And and all that kind of sounds good, but I'm totally agree with you. Meaning like, Hey, I'm, I like to watch the NBA and like, I like to sit on the beach. And that was one thing. Well, one of my first mentors told me was he was like, look, Travis, you're never going to enjoy working more than you're going to enjoy not working. So like you may as well try to figure out a way that you can like work so that you can do whatever you want, whenever you want and have that freedom. And that's when I realized that freedom was one of my core values. That was one of my non-negotiables. Freedom was, yep. was something that I was not willing to give up or compromise on because I was like, you know what? That's true. I like what I do. I enjoy my podcast. I, I like sitting down having these conversations with people. But bottom line, like, yes, I would rather be like sitting on the beach and like, you know what I mean? Like just sitting there and relaxing and, you know, reading a book or listening to some music or something like that. Like you're always going to enjoy, you know, doing stuff like that more than you're going to enjoy working. So having those core boxes, I think is a, is a really good exercise for a lot of people to do is something that I should probably give a little bit more thought to as far as getting one or two more. I think I already have two or three of them, but just solidifying that third one and adding one more to that, uh, I think would would round it out really well. So that was a fantastic thing to take away from a mentor like that. So moving the conversation a little bit more to talk about networking, about building relationships. Me and you wouldn't even be on this call if it weren't for a mutual friendship that we have with a girl named Esther Kish, who I think was actually episode number two or episode number three of Build Your Network. And now this is like episode 145 or something. Oh, wow. So she, she was on a while back, but it uh, just goes to show that relationships are relationships. And you know that's not just something that you do once and then never talk to a person again, you know? So it's just really, really cool for me to see that kind of stuff play out over time. This is the question that I ask to get started, the conversation headed in that direction. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that question when you kind of told me that this is a question that you're going to ask. And 
I think it really depends as to where you are in your journey in your life and what you're trying to achieve. Like, for example, in order for me to build online businesses and for me to kind of figure out how to convert a dollar of advertising into $5 of revenue, let's say, right? That process, even if I know the right people, I have to implement it. I have to go through that process in order to develop that skill for me. So in that sense, it was a lot more about what I know. Now, where I'm at in my journey as an entrepreneur and as a business owner and whatnot, it's certainly a lot more about who I know and the connections that I can get and the people that I can network with and what that opens up in terms of their networks and the people they know and, and striking deals and going through that particular process, making partnerships and collaborating and whatnot. But I think there is a fine balance. You do have to have a specific skill that you hone in, get better at and and whatnot. At the same time, though, you have to build your network. You have to keep going. And because just because you you build your one skill, that doesn't mean you've built all of the skills, right? Like, And that's where knowing the right people and getting those connections in place is extremely important because you cannot build a company, especially if we go down the path of entrepreneurship, you can't build a company by yourself. You need to have the right people. You need to hire the right people. And a lot of times the right people are through networks. They're through mutual connections. They're that is extremely important. Yeah, totally. So let me ask you this. When you were really doing a bunch of research and honing in on your skill of marketing, what was the number one way that you furthered your knowledge at that point? <laughs> By buying way too many crappy courses that I shouldn't have bought. That uh, It was basically going through that process. It was me buying a course and then either implementing or like you thinking that the course is completely useless and not doing anything with it. And that was kind of the process. And the funny thing is somehow, you know, I I don't want to get all philosophical or, you know, scientific, whatever, right. I don't want to start talking woo woo. And, but I do strongly believe that once you start going down a path, once you start going down, you know, some sort of rabbit hole, things start to align themselves and, and the universe starts putting things in front of you and, allows you to kind of keep going down that path. So even though you may not have seen it right away, all of a sudden something shows up and it's like, okay, like now you've been put in touch or you've just met this person who has this vast network of, you know, marketers that you can do a partnership with and he can promote your stuff to whatnot, to whoever, right? Now you've bought this course, you end up going into a Facebook group. And in that Facebook group, you meet this guy, even though the course was completely useless you got an insane amount of value because you end up meeting this one person who has allowed you to meet this new mentor and you buy this course and now this changed your life type of thing. Right, right. So I've always, the way I've learned has always been by me just taking action and not being like, I'm the type of person who just does it without like thinking twice a lot of times, like especially when it comes to pulling out my credit card and like buying something, I'll just go and it's like, ah, let's just buy it. And, you know, I'll sure I'm going to get something out of it. Right. And, and as long as you keep your doors open and your eyes open, something will come from it. If you close your mind and you're like, Nope, I've got to go through these modules one by one. And yeah, right. Here's a really good example. When, because one of my four boxes is built when I was right after I did that exercise, right after I met that 
agency owner. I decided to move to London, to the UK, and I decided to apply and do my business degree to do an MBA. And the reason was not because I cared about necessarily learning accounting or or anything like that, but the way I positioned it for myself was, okay, well, I'm going to go and do this MBA, but I'm going to approach it in a very specific way. I'm going to spend all of my time or a lot of my time learning more about online business, more about selling online because I was very driven and very excited by that. But I'm going to go and build my network. That's how I'm going to fulfill my build box. I'm just going to approach this business degree to build my network and meet other entrepreneurs, get into that space where I'm going to spend my time meeting and building my network with other entrepreneurs. And that, well, 95% of the class went through the MBA program with the mindset of, well, let me learn accounting and let me just add a new thing to my resume. I couldn't give two about that. And I just cared about the network and who I'm going to meet because it would open up other opportunities. Yes, exactly. So that made a big difference, right? So yeah, I think that's what most people don't get though. That like that right there is the thing that separates the people who build their network and the people who don't build their network. Just that one mindset shift is like, I'm not going to this course. I'm not going to this event. I'm not going to this mastermind. I'm not going to get my MBA to learn things or to add a new skill to the tool belt or to build my resume. I'm going there to meet people who are on a same or similar path that I'm on who have similar goals to mine and to like build real relationships with them because that's the commodity. Like that is the important thing. There's no shortage of knowledge. There's no shortage of experts. But the bottom line is that there's probably somebody out there doing something for somebody for more money that is less qualified than you are because they built a better network than you did. Does that make sense? So like, I totally, totally understand exactly where you're coming from on that. And that's one really, really cool thing about the show is being able to talk with people about stuff that we totally agree on and something that just for a lot of people, they just don't make sense of it. Why do you think that so many people just don't make sense of it or neglect to do it or just completely don't even think about it? Ah, We live in our bubbles. We live as society... That's how society is built is like, yes, we're meant to have communities and all of this stuff. But like you live in your bubble and you compare yourself, especially nowadays, you look at social media and you're like flicking through and you're afraid to put yourself out there because like, oh, well, this guy's showing himself off in front of his Lamborghini. Like I don't have a Lamborghini. I can't, I'm not ready yet. You know, I'm not there. Right, right. And I don't have something to bring a value. Like this guy's got a Lamborghini, I don't. So how can I even compete with that? And you end up living inside of your little bubble thinking that that's going to solve the problem. And, and that's why a lot of people then end up just focusing in on what you know. And you know that's where the important part of what you know is good. Because if you have a strong enough belief in what you know, then you do bring something to the table to the people that you meet. But that what you know is actually more about self-belief And it's more about believing in the fact that, okay, I can bring value to this person that I'm about to connect with, right? That's how we get our value as humans. Like, oh, I can bring this to the table. This is what I know, which is useful. But like you said, there's probably people who are less qualified and they just started just believing themselves beforehand. And guess what? They they make more money and they charge more and all of these. Exactly. 
Yeah. I think, unfortunately, in society, that's the problem. We look at everybody else and we compare ourselves to every mm-hmm. single other person. And we're like, ah, oh, this person's got more than I do. I can't compete. Therefore, I'm going to go back to my little hole. Mm-hmm. Until I get the skills necessary to compete at that level or whatever. Exactly. And I've literally had people tell me that they're like, you know, I haven't pursued meeting this particular person, like, you know, some person of influence or some person that has a lot of money or whatever the context might be, because I want to be better at what I do before I meet them. Or I want to be able to like offer this huge thing of value to this person, but you know, when I meet them and all this other stuff. So it's, they use it as an excuse to like not go try to meet that person right now. It's like, even if you don't have something to like completely throw on the table and you can't strike a million dollar deal with that person, there's other ways to add value and there's other ways to stand out that literally anybody can do. And uh, people hold themselves back from building their network because exactly what you said, it's the imposter syndrome that's creeping up, but it's the imposter syndrome that's done in a way that makes people feel more noble about it, right? Like they feel like, you know, well, I'm better than that person because that person just went and met all these people, but they don't even do anything. So like, how are they going to add value to them? And then all of a sudden they're driving a Lamborghini and it's like, well, they only are driving that because they scammed these people because they don't do anything. And it's like, well, maybe their value that they brought to the table was the awesome network that they built because they had the confidence to go out and build a network because they didn't feel like they had to be 50 years old with a billion dollar company in order to go meet people. You know, like it's all exactly what you said. It just stems from that lack of confidence, which is something that is just rampant throughout our society right now. So... Now, it's been a, a really, really great conversation, bro, but we do need to move on here to the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Just some really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Yep, let's do it. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? I love basketball. I would love to attempt to be a professional basketball player. This is a hypothetical scenario, right? Totally or, hypothetical. Or, yeah, totally. If it's 100% hypothetical, <laughs> then I would join the NBA. There you um, go. Yeah. But if there's any inch of realisticness in this, then uh, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> if you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Man, you know, so many. If I can choose one right now, actually the one person, again, apologize for bringing up another basketball reference, but it would be LeBron James, mostly because of, you know, what he's doing in his career at 15 years and how he keeps himself so sharp mentally and physically and just the mindset and the willingness and the drive you have to have after 15 years of doing something and being past your prime. That's interesting to me. And past your prime technically, but still performing at an elite level beyond everybody else. Yeah, that's insane. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Books, mostly. I really much enjoy reading and very much enjoy physical copies holding the actual book. What is a book that you've read recently that you'd recommend to the audience? Uh, Quite a few, actually. Rocket Fuel. is Right now, I'm very much into learning about leadership. And as, as we're growing Funnalytics and my team is growing, it's stepping into that CEO role and stepping into really the mindset of a CEO and a leader. So Rocket Fuel is a very interesting book. How to Be a Great Boss is a very good book. Traction is something that I'm currently reading. So those core books right now, but I mean, I could give you books on all sorts of topics. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. It's pretty straightforward. My daughter wakes me up. 
whenever she decides that, she, <laughs> you know, she's 20 months. So okay. whenever she decides that it's time to get up, she wakes us up. So no alarm clock. And basically I bring her into our bed. We play in bed. My, I have a coffee and my wife has a coffee. We watch morning cartoons with her a little bit in bed and chill out. And then I go take a shower and then come to the office around like 8.39. Depends on the day. Pretty relaxed. What is your go-to pump-up song? I don't really have a song specifically. You know, I listen to a lot of hip-hop and that's what has always kind of pumped me up and motivated me, but I don't have a specific song. What is something that you are just not very good at? A lot of things. (laughs) I'm not... I'm not the most organized person. I'm trying to get better at being a leader as opposed to a manager and, you know, like mm, yeah. shifting that mindset from big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big difference. I'm getting there, but, uh, lots of things I'm not good at. I'm not good at cooking. I'm not good at. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like we have a lot in common. <laughs> oh man. Well, as long as you know what you're not good at and you find people who are good. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. all that matters. Totally. Totally. Just surround yourself with the people who can be good at what you're not good at. Exactly. <laughs> as we get everything wrapped up here, bro, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? The easiest is connect with me on Facebook. Just search for Mikel Dia. Not very many Mikel Dias out there. Or head to thediaproject.com, which is my personal website. You can find out a little bit more about me and what I do and all that cool stuff. Perfect. So if you like to do the whole Facebook thing, then go search Mikel Dia. That's M-I-K-A-E-L Dia, D-I-A. Or you can just go to thediaproject.com to find out more about Mikel. Go check out some of his stuff. Check out some of his content. He's putting out some fantastic things. And uh, look at his company. If you're in the market for somebody to help you with your marketing, to help you convert some more traffic into actual dollars, then Mikel is your man. Bro, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Had a fantastic time chatting with you. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.